Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. So we have it in our hearts today to just read this account from the book of Acts. And, and we know, you know, Pentecost, like I said, is 50 days after Passover. We know Jesus came to this earth. He's the son of God. He came and he lived a sinless life, which is the life that we're destined to live. And then he died a selfless death, paying the penalty for our sin, praise the Lord. And then he rose from the dead. And then he hung out here on earth for 40 days, visiting with his disciples, and even appeared to a crowd of 500 at one time. And that brings us up to speed to Acts chapter 1. And in verse 4, you know, Jesus is having some dinner conversation with his disciples. And this is at some point during the 40 days. And he says, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, we fast forward a little bit, a few, whenever, I I don't know at what point he said that to them, but here we are on day 50 now, or or excuse me, on day 40, day 40. This is the last day that Jesus is with them. And the disciples asked the Lord in verse six, Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And the disciples are still thinking that Jesus has come to establish a political kingdom. They're not getting the greater picture of it's the, an eternal work. And Jesus said to them, The Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times for their fulfillment. You're not permitted to know the timing of all that he's prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you'll be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, Samaria, even to the remotest places on the earth. And right after he spoke those words, the disciples saw Jesus lift into the sky and disappear into a cloud. I was talking with Jeff earlier. He was like, Jesus was the first astronaut. We had the, the, the SpaceX launch yesterday, but Jesus was long before Elon Musk came around. So, so the disciples, they go back into the city and they begin meeting together. And there's two instances that the scriptures... Uh, talk about the meeting together. The first instance they talk, it talks about the meeting together is they are deciding on who is going to take Judas's place, <laughs> which outlying disciple is going to get a promotion. So that's the first meeting that we see. And then the second meeting that we see is on the day of Pentecost. And that's where we get into Acts chapter two. And then verse, verse one, on the day of Pentecost, was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then, all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. 
separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time, there were some Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one of them could hear the disciples speaking in their own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't all these Galileans? How is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are of 16 different languages. Yet here we are hearing them speaking the, of God's mighty works in our own dialect. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? So then Peter follows the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he gets up to preach about Jesus. And this is what he says. Verse 14, Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think. For it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says this, and this goes back to Joel chapter 2. This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. When I read this yesterday, this next part, I started to tear up a little bit. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear. We've been seeing some blood and fire and pillars of clouds. For the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Somebody say, praise God. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus, the victorious, was a man of divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. We skip down to verse 32. He says, can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus and all, and, and we all have seen him. We've witnessed it. Then God exalted him at his right hand upon the throne of the highest honor. And the father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. In verse 36, now everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus whom you crucified is the one God has made both the Lord and the Messiah. So the crowds are beginning to respond to Peter and they say, uh, when they heard this, they, they, were, they were crushed. And they realized what they had done to Jesus and deeply moved. They said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we do, brothers? 
And I think that's still the question that we have today is, what do we do, brothers? What do we do, sisters? Peter replied, repent and return to God. And each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families and for those yet to be born and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Peter preached to them and then warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. And every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one, other home, one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with the praise, praises to God, enjoying the favor of all people, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. This is the word of the Lord. So Holy Spirit, come. Come to our hearts, come to this church. Come to this city, come to our nation, God. We need a fresh in feeling. God, we repent on behalf of our nation, God. God, we're broken for our nation. Come and heal our land. Holy Spirit, come and empower believers, God, to establish your kingdom here on the earth. That, God, what it looks like in heaven is what it looks like here on earth. That's what we want. That's what we desire. God, let us stop shrinking back. Empower us to be bold witnesses. Let me just tell you, friends, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life is not for you to just get goosebumps and run around and feel good about yourself. It's so that we can be bold witnesses. The Greek word there, it says when it says power, is the, is the word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. Holy Spirit wants to give us dynamite power to be bold witnesses for Jesus everywhere that we go, starting where we live. And of course, you know, I, I read this in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And of course, you think about 
how it starts where you are and then moves out geographically larger and larger and larger. And there's a lot of truth to that. I'm not discounting that. That's absolutely right. But I think Jesus was making a point when he mentioned Samaria. The Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. They hated one another. The Jews looked at the Samaritans and said, you're half-breeds. We are the ones, we're the chosen ones, we're the ones that got it. And then the Samaritans looked at the Jews and said, man, you've got all these extra things, all these extra rules, all these extra, these letters of, 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 the, uh, letters of, the, of the letters of the prophets. We're just going to stick to this over here. And it was this holy war between them. They hated each other. And that's why it was so incredible that when Jesus, he, out of his way, he went to Samaria to meet that woman at the well. And when Jesus told the parable about the man who had been jumped on the side of the road, and the Levite came by and passed him by, and the priest came by and passed him by, it was the Samaritan that ministered to the Jewish man that had gotten attacked. When Jesus says to us, you will be my bold witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he says Samaria, he's telling us, you are called to go to places that you don't want to go. You're called to go to people that it's uncomfortable to you to go to. You're called to be Jesus with the skin on to people who don't look like you or act like you. Who don't live where you live. Who don't talk like you talk. Church. It's time for us to get uncomfortable. You might think, well, J.D., that's what we have been doing. We've, we've been uncomfortable. We've been for the last 13 weeks. Guys, it's been since March 1st since we met last together in person like this. 13 weeks. Man, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of Zoom calls. I'm sick of doing church online. I'm ready to come and be with the people of God. That's great. That's fine. But it's more to it than just getting to see each other and hang out. There's something unique about when we do come together. There's an encouragement that comes. But the powerful thing is that when, what, not what happens just here. The powerful thing is what happens when we leave here. That's the way it ought to be. Uh, this morning, I, I, I think I read about, I don't know, seven or eight more chapters in the book of Acts this morning. And the next story in chapter three it's Peter and John. They're going to temple. And they walk by this guy, the gate beautiful, this guy who's lame man. The guy's saying, hey man, you guys got anything to help me out? And uh, Peter and John, they did, all they had was their debit cards that day. They didn't have any cash on them. They said, silver and gold have we none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he did. 
That's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of Peter and John. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit that Holy Spirit wants to work in your life today. It hasn't changed. There's no difference. But I would say, what is our level of hunger? What is our level of uncomfortableness? The Holy Spirit wants to empower us today. And push past those uncomfortable moments. So much so to the point where we can look into the eyes of someone who is hurting on the inside. Who is broken on the inside. And that we can speak truth to them in love. And minister directly to their heart, to their soul. And let Jesus do a miraculous work long before a horrible accident happens. Long before they make a terrible mistake. Long before they take their own life. Long before they divorce their spouse. Long before they disown their children. Long before a guy that has his knee on the back of another man that's handcuffed. Where were the believers that could look in that man's eyes and speak to his heart, speak to his soul. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit wants to do in us today. It's not so that we can feel good about ourselves. It's not so that we can sit outside in the sun and have get a tan while we go to church. Isn't that nice? The power of the Holy Spirit is so that we can establish the kingdom of God yeah. on the earth today. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.